I can't do any work for my clients unless I know exactly who they're trying to target mm-hmm. because that means creating a media list yeah. that is specific to getting in front of that audience. Mm-hmm. So podcasts, media, speaking tours, awards, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. However, what's more important from the business perspective too is the more niche you are, the easier it is for you to create all of your marketing assets, community, like positioning, mm-hmm. messaging, who to hire for your team. You end up making more money. Yeah. Welcome to the Let's Not Sugarcoat It podcast, a podcast about the real, raw, and unfiltered side of motherhood. We're your hosts, Alex and Bella. Let's get into it, ladies. Well, let's get into it, ladies. Today, we have Renee Warren, who is an award-winning entrepreneur, speaker, author, and founder of We Wild Women, an agency that helps women-led businesses build confidence and authority and gain industry recognition and the media exposure they deserve. She also she's also the host of the celebrated podcast Into the Wild, which I listen to. It's really good. You guys should listen to it, it as good. well. A show in the top one point five percent that features um, curated interviews with women entrepreneurs and provides actionable advice to women who are growing their own dream businesses. Renee firmly believes that the best advice comes from someone who has successfully done it before. I 100% agree. Her approach to coaching uh, uh, comes from over 25 years of experience as an entrepreneur in running marketing and PR agencies and in um, begin and in be- being. Oh my God, the Polish is coming out. <laughs> an unapologetic <laughs> risk taker. Uh, when she's pitching the media or podcasting, you can find Renee spending time with her family. In addition, she loves CrossFit, travel, and refining her drumming skills. That must be very loud. Yeah. <laughs> and awesome. Yeah. And awesome. CrossFit too. We used to do CrossFit, but then I got hurt and that mm-hmm. was the end of my CrossFit days. That's common. That's <laughs> yeah. common. It's like my whole left side just kinked out and my hip got all mm. smooshed out. And that was that. Then I added to, and then it went into power yoga. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. 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 Well, welcome. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm really excited today to pick your brain because yeah. you are a wealth of knowledge. And um, yeah. So tell us a little bit more about yourself, like personal, your kids, and then how you got into. The business and and yeah, your yeah. your starting days. My starting your days. Starting your days. starting days. Let's my, go back. My starting days. <laughs> Rewind. Yeah. Um, I my first job at seventeen years old. I started a restaurant mm. with my sister. It was a seasonal thing we did for four years because my mom told me to go get a job, and I thought I heard that entrepreneurs don't work a lot and they make a lot of money. <laughs> Oh, I don't know who gave you that what? advice, right? <laughs> I don't know what I was Googling that day. Yeah. Um, I don't even think Google... Google wasn't there. That's no, why I didn't know. That's what it was. It yeah. was like dirt digger or something, whatever the weird <laughs> like search tools were back then. Anyway, right. um, so we did that and, and we were successful. However, we were working 70 mm-hmm. hours a week, which was fine. We learned the lesson the hard way. However, we made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So the lie in it was that you still have to work hard. And I loved it. And so I did like undergrad and I traveled and I went to grad school Mm -hmm. and I was living in Toronto during the time that Twitter was like this thing that was taking off. And it's Mm -hmm. always going to be called Twitter to me. I'm never changing the name of this thing. (laughs) It's not X. Um, And the reason why is because I actually met my husband on Twitter back Mm -hmm. in the day. 
But we started seeing the opportunity for this this social media tool for businesses to leverage. People are like, how do we do this? I don't know. So we just started testing it. This is the first time I ever had a corporate job, two years in Toronto, Mm. was they gave me the freedom to figure out how to leverage Twitter for business. And we kind of figured it out. And then I quit to go and do consulting because there was this lucrative opportunity. And I got into social media, which by default means you have to get into an understanding of online advertising, content marketing, SEO. So I was doing these things. Met my husband and he was living in the Valley at this time, bunch of startups and introduced me to some of these startups mm-hmm. too. And these are like, ended up being pretty big startups now. And with them, I was helping them with content marketing, social media, SEO, advertising, trying to figure out the space. I remember one of these notable startups, their entire Facebook ad strategy was a detailed Google document, Google spreadsheet. And it was, there was no fancy software Mm, for it at the time. And they were looking at the minutia of like the percent click of, and I was like, oh, this is really interesting, but not my space. Mm -hmm. Um, So then as I was kind of digging deeper into this industry, I met a woman named Heather who eventually became my business partner at my agency. And she was doing just public relations for startups. And I had never really done PR before. It was an industry that intrigued me. I actually applied to go to one of the top colleges in Ontario and I got accepted. And then I was like, me, I'll just figure this out myself. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I'll just I don't want to do that. Yeah. I'll just Google Check, this. I got then accepted. You were at, That's Google was a real for me. I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just got accepted. Good enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm already qualified now that I got accepted to this yeah. program. Yeah. So anyway, I was, and we're talking about having uh, Irish twins. I was eight months pregnant with my first son when I was meeting up with Heather to have lunch. At this point, we'd been doing a bunch of like contract work together and there was just so much overlap and it was such good synergy. And then I asked her if she would go into business with me. She's like, but you're pregnant. You're like, I don't <laughs> care. Yeah, look like, at your belly. <laughs> uh, babies just sleep all the time. Right. Like, we'll figure this out. Yeah, sure, <laughs> they sleep all day. Um, but anyway, we started this company, hired a team. And then in the first year we blew up. And we had clients from South Africa to San Diego and we're growing and growing. And it wasn't 11 months after we started the business that my second was born. (laughs) (laughs) And so we had two babies in the same year, which was a lot. Mm, Um, I imagine. (laughs) But with that, we built out so many systems and processes and knew how to hire the right people, which Mm. is key. And then, yeah, I ran that agency for seven years. And then eventually I burnt out, as you can imagine. Mm. So we closed it down. And then I went into coaching for business. Mm -hmm. It wasn't my thing. Mm -hmm. Like, didn't love it. Loved the people I worked with. And then I got back into PR. Kind of as a fluke. So what happened was um, I'm an angel investor and there was a couple handful of companies in the Okanagan um, that I was helping do their PR Mm -hmm. for. And it's funny because it's like, a vested interest because they're companies I'm invested in. However, I was like going to charge for this anyways, because it's still my time. Yeah. Right. And I was doing so well, but I'm going to back up for one second here. Remember when I started this um, PR agency with my other co-founder, I had never done PR day in my life. Mm-hmm. I ran the agency, grew it because I could do everything but the actual work, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine. Yeah. yeah. And so now I'm in the hot seat of figuring this all out. And we built all the systems back in the day. So I knew how to grow the business. And I got to just figure out how to do the work. Um, so these companies took a chance on me and I crushed it for them. Amazing. And then, so a year and a bit ago, so August of 2022. Yeah. 
We're in 2023. Yeah. 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 Yep, you're good. <laughs> yeah, we're good. <laughs> My husband was launching his book that mm-hmm. ended up becoming a Wall Street Journal bestseller. And he's like, oh, you know, there's the PR company for the publisher and they pretty much own the PR. But mm-hmm. he's like, the, the podcasting thing is really close to him because he's got a vast network. And he said, hey, you know all the people that I know for the most part. Why don't I just hire you mm-hmm. to do the PR? And I was like, oh God. I've like, I've tried working with him <laughs> three <laughs> times before mm-hmm. and it didn't work. It didn't work. I mean, we did great work, but I couldn't work with him. He had to work through people Somebody on my else. team yeah. because I'm like, do you want a wife or do you want a partner? Yeah. So he's like, fair enough. And this time it was just different. Mm-hmm. And it was just different because I knew exactly what I needed to do. His assistant and is so amazing. I didn't even have to work through him. Yeah. Mm. Like hardly ever. And I crushed it for him. I got him on these huge podcasts. And mm. he's like, what'd you do? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I Googled. I, I Googled. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, and then from there, it just spiraled. He was telling people that I helped him and like from, it just grew and grew. And I'm only realistically 10 months back into PR with this company. Mm-hmm. And we're just crushing our revenue goals for mm. the year. That's like amazing. We're already at a quarter million dollars of revenue. Wow. And I say this because when you find the thing that you really love to do, mm-hmm. it it just opens. Like all the abundance opens up and mm-hmm. it comes to you. Right. It hasn't been easy. I've been working long hours. Yeah. And I there's imagine. just two of us. Yeah. <laughs> and our contractors. So, yeah. So that's where, I, that's, that's my story. Yeah. I love it. I know. And you can tell that PR is your passion or that you're passionate about it. Because I did see you speak three times and it was three yeah. times on PR this yeah. summer. And each time it was different. And each time I took something else away. And I was like, I even said to Amy, who was running the retreats, I was like, I've learned something from Renee every single time. Because mm. you're just so passionate when you're talking about it. And yeah. it's really, it really comes through. So. Yeah, that's by design. And, yeah. and here's the thing too. When you know something so well, you think everybody else knows it. Mm-hmm. And so it's yeah. part of what I teach my clients too. I'm like, you know this content so well. You have to understand that most people know 2% of it. Mm-hmm. And you could actually just repeat the same thing in different ways, which yeah. you saw, yeah. but you got something different from it. Mm-hmm. Because most people don't need to be educated. They need to be reminded. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they need to be reminded like seven, eight times. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, right, Renee. Just like Renee. Yeah, that. <laughs> She's like, five million. We're all children. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us once, we're not going to stick. Yeah. Tell us eight times. Maybe. And then you raise your voice every time. And then you also like the last presentation I was shouting at you guys. (laughs) Listen to me. Yeah. Oh, for sure. No, that's awesome. Yeah. I do agree with you when it comes to finding something that you're passionate about. It just comes so naturally. Um, I'm just stepping into my own. Uh, Right now I had a tough year, but I did a lot of self-development and a lot of work on myself and then finally found and dug deep to what it is that I want to do. And the doors have just opened up within, like you said, it's only 11 months. It's been two months. And the abundance that has come into my life is just phenomenal. That's because, you know, your your energy just attracts mm-hmm. what you need, yes. right? And when you're open to it and you're just like, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to jump and do the leap. You know, we're, we're all kind of stopped by fear, the what ifs. Mm-hmm. But when you're so passionate about something, and you do find the right people around you because mm-hmm. you do. I find, like you said, you had the right team uh, hiring the right people. Those people come into your life when you are open. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Really. It's that abundance mindset. Yeah. So mm-hmm. how it all happened too was I was doing just other people's PR kind of under the table, wasn't really talking about mm-hmm. it. 
then I started to do the PR for Dan's podcast tour, his book tour. Mm-hmm. And then that was August. And then December 8th ish, we were at a Tony Robbins event in Florida. And this is Date with Destiny, his mm-hmm. most intensive. Yeah. If you've ever been to a TR We've been event, to one. Yeah. It's a game it's, changer. Mm-hmm. So I've been to one before. It was back in 2015 and had no idea what was going to happen in this room. We register, we walk in, there's like, gosh, thousands of people in this mm-hmm. gigantic conference center. And it's so cold. He yeah. like hires external air conditioning units to <laughs> pump into the rooms. So you're freezing. Yeah. You're there for 16 hours a day for six days and there's no food. You're like, who are these nut jobs? <laughs> right? Why did you sign up for this? How much did you pay to be here? No. Mm-hmm. And But everyone's there for the same thing. The first time I was there, I'm like, these people are crazy. Like, mm-hmm. Dan, I'm ready to go home. Like, I know the jumping. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, you know, <laughs> the clapping, the getting in, and people are crying around. And, you know, but then you become one of those crazy You do. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so when we went the second time last December, total different experience because I mm-hmm. knew exactly what to expect. And I just decided... So to go back to like opening up this like abundance mm-hmm. vortex and portal is I was so worried that people were going to say something about how I identified because I went from PR agency owner to business coach mm-hmm. to publicist PR expert. Mm-hmm. So it was like this evolution. And I was like, oh God, what are people going to say? Mm-hmm. Like, guess what? No one actually cares. Yeah. Right. No one cares. <laughs> but the moment I decided to do PR. I was in this event and we're like day four or five and I'm writing down all this stuff and I'm hungry and I'm cold. And I said, screw it. I don't care what people say. I'm going Mm -hmm. back into PR. This is what I want to do because I love it. And we got back to our Airbnb. It was like probably two o'clock in the morning, exhausted. I'm just going to check my email, open it up, literally two emails in there. People wanted to hire me Mm -hmm. to do PR. PR. Wow. Yeah. Like, okay, this is how it happened. (laughs) I threw it in the universe. Yeah. Yeah. But seriously, so Part of this journey, it started like to back into figuring out what it is that I wanted to do. Because I know like I'm a woman in my early 40s. A lot of women this age that I talk to, they go to these through these cycles of like, but now that my kids are older, like, who am I? Mm-hmm. What's my identity? And for me, it took five years to get here. But it started doing um, Julia Cameron's The Artist Way, which mm-hmm. is such a beautiful thing. You'd like do three pages of conscious stream of thought in the morning and all these activities. Um and then Tony Robbins. And when I met when I met Mel or read Mel Robbins' book, mm-hmm. The High Five Habit, which I thought was kind of kooky, I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna make this my own practice. Where essentially she's like, go up to the mirror and high five yourself. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I started doing that. Then I changed it to going up to the mirror and looking at the 18-year-old version of myself mm-hmm. because the whole life was already lived. And I was yeah. like, hey, it's gonna suck. It's gonna be really crappy sometimes. But in the end, all the effort is worth it. And then I would look up to the sky. I know out the window outside and I would hold my hands up to the mm. sky and just be like, God, what is it? Like, what do I need to do? It's like, I'd have some tech issues in the company and it was like so nauseating. Like, why are you doing this to me? What's the lesson in <laughs> What's this? What's the lesson? And at the end of the day, it always worked out. Mm-hmm. It always did. Um, my friend Brad, Brad Pedersen, he's actually a client of mine, has a book coming out. He says this, that... If if you if money can solve the problem, then it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. I said, how beautiful is that? Mm-hmm. Because we all have access to resources to mm-hmm. solve problems. Um, and what he meant by that is like, really at the end of the day, your well-being and the well-being of those around you is the most important thing. Yeah, That's it. So speaking of like abundance and attracting the law of attraction, 
I full heartedly believe in it. Mm-hmm. And you have to be with integrity, put yourself out there to be like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And I don't care what you say. You grew up in a family of lawyers and everyone's saying, you got to be a lawyer and you don't want to do it. Don't do it. Yeah. And you're not going to love it. You're going to yeah. spend your whole life doing a career somebody else wanted for you. Mm-hmm. And resenting it. Totally. Yeah. Totally resenting it. And you will be unhealthy because of it. So I just jumped back in and yeah. I was like, wee, <laughs> this is fun. And here you are. No, like it's awesome. I I find like a lot of our guests on, on our show are in their early 40s or coming to. And this is kind of like a phase of every everybody's messaging is like, they're trying to reinvent. What do we do? Is this, is this it? Right. And we do sometimes care a lot more about what other people's uh, opinions Mm -hmm. will be just like you were worried about, you know, what will people think if you go back to PR Mm -hmm. and it, it stops people from actually doing the things that they're meant to yeah. do. But you know oh, what happened sure. though is when I committed yeah. Yeah. and I started sharing more content online, yeah. I got, I don't know how many messages yeah. over a week saying, Renee, this is your thing. Mm-hmm. I see the light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You look so happy. Yeah. And and just from there, it just kind of spiraled. Yeah. yeah. And no one was sitting there waiting to make fun of me. Yeah. And the people that do, well, guess what? They probably don't follow me anymore because yeah. they're probably <laughs> just like, I hate that PR yeah. talk. And that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I've amassed a whole new community yeah. and of people that I love serving and I love educating. So yeah. here I am. Yeah. Here you are. No, that's awesome. <laughs> that's like, amazing. Yeah, we're, a husband and I are, are building a new um, online course. I don't, I don't know. We're calling it an institute for now. I don't know. We're pinpointing something. The Pico Institute of... Um, communication and leadership development. Ooh. So it's out there. <laughs> you just put it in the universe. I just put it officially She's going to drop in, the link in the comments gonna, below. Yeah, comments, the link yeah. is going to say coming soon. Yeah, but like this has been something that has been um, in the works for years. Like um, husband and I, Lee and I have been going to be married 15, uh, 15 years, October 18th. And I mean, we started talking about this stuff because we started our self-development courses and and working on our relationship and ourselves because he's in that leadership space uh very young but we've never we tried and then you know life got in the way kids we travel we moved across the ocean um and then finally I feel like when we came here this is the moment like this Mm. feels right and I started stretching my legs a little bit and talking to people at events, um, even like wine pickup parties. We pitched it to a complete stranger and they're like, oh my gosh, this is so what we need in this, you know, and we exchanged phone numbers and it's just like, wow, okay, this is our moment. You're like, it's like, not not happening. It's now. not yeah. not happening. It's yeah. out there, <laughs> putting it out. And um, yeah, so, you know, you said you were working with your husband three times you tried yeah. <laughs> yeah. and it didn't go I'm jumping in and we're going to be working together I don't know how that's gonna go mm-hmm. we've worked together before but um yeah no I think it was okay but I don't know now right because yeah. it's it's two different concepts two different and we're trying to well niche. and they're also different people hopefully yeah. 15 years later yeah yeah that you're going through maturity you've had yeah. your children yeah personal development so yeah. who you were when you first started dating yeah. let alone getting married yeah 
is your different person. So that's like, if Dan and I were to work together again now, yeah, probably be a heck of a lot better. Yeah. Mm. Because back then we're like, ooh, yeah. what's going on? Babies, ah. Yeah. And now yeah, there's all just, that added stress. Of oh, like yeah. New babies, new parenthood. Babies. Yeah. So we were talking, I was listening to your podcast um, this morning, actually on niching mm-hmm. because I'm, you know, trying to niche a little bit. Um, so tell us why niching is so important. So for, for what I do, yeah. I can't do any work for my clients unless I know exactly who they're trying to target mm-hmm. because that means creating a media list yeah. that is specific to getting in front of that audience. Mm-hmm. So podcasts, media, speaking tours, awards, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. However, what's more important from the business perspective too is the more niche you are, the easier it is for you to create all of your marketing assets, community, like positioning, mm-hmm. messaging, who to hire for your team. You end up making more money. Yeah. And people are terrified of niching down because they're like, oh, well, my audience is men and women and they're 35 to 65 and maybe they have kids or maybe they don't. Mm-hmm. And they could live in North America, but maybe not. Yeah. Because they're so afraid of losing out on the person who's not that exact specific third mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. But here's a the reality. There's a thing called the halo effect to talk about on the episode too. If you think mm-hmm. about like a target and a bullseye is your ideal customer. So think about throwing a dart at the target. You get in the middle, it's the best one. However, you still get points if you hit around it. Yeah. So my ideal customer is a 35 to 40-year-old uh, woman who's mm-hmm. a mother and is an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. But guess what? 50% of my ideal or my customers now are men. Mm-hmm. And it's not because they're... It's I can still do the work for them. Mm-hmm. So it's just... It doesn't matter the industry that yeah, they're in. Totally. Um, but for me, it's like my website's pink. My social stuff's pink. I love like the girly pink purple... Mm-hmm. Men aren't necessarily drawn to that. Yeah. I don't care. But guess what? They still want to work with me. Yeah. yeah. And they do. But for for niching down, it's like, don't be shy. I used to have a printed out version of a woman holding a baby framed on my desk. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who this woman was, which is kind of weird. I get it. But she reminded me every day of who it is I was working for, who mm-hmm. I was trying to That her name serve. is Jackie, isn't that in your it story? Is. So now, yeah. it, now it's at Jackie's. Jackie's actually a real <laughs> friend of mine. Um, but now it's Jackie. And mm. I think about this all the time, like, oh, I'm going to post this reel and it's like vulnerable. And what would so-and-so think about this? Mm-hmm. And then and I, that so-and-so is a person like an ex-boyfriend mm-hmm. or like a friend that's no longer. And that's the wrong mentality to have because I really need to think, but Jackie needs this. Yeah. And the more that you do that and you're like, oh, I'm serving this person or this community, then those other people don't matter. Yeah. They're watching you. And guess what? They're probably jealous. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, she's crushing that content. Look at her go. Yeah. So niching down is the most important thing to do. Um, when you're first starting out, you're just starting your business, it's okay to test different waters to figure out. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know either, but you got to get specific. And yeah. the more specific you can get, everything else becomes easier. Totally. I always think in marketing too, that that's like you're saying something people are afraid of doing. I've had so many different marketing jobs where clients are like, but I don't want to pick that because I'm afraid I'm going to miss out on all these mm-hmm. people. Yep. And that really holds you back. Yeah, it's decision fatigue. Yeah. I'm even doing this now, which is just <laughs> totally relevant, but we just bought a condo up a big white mm-hmm. and we're trying to find the right furniture for this room because we have one bigger room that we're turning it into like a kid's room, but it has to be able to sleep five kids. Mm-hmm. I've went through 200 different versions of bunk beds to mm-hmm. buy. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, 
think this is the one. And I'm so nervous to just buy it. And I don't know why. <laughs> and it's like decision fatigue. You know, when you're when you're presented with so many opportunities mm-hmm. and different choices, you just can't make a decision. Like yeah. the best restaurants in the world have a very small menu mm-hmm. because it doesn't overwhelm the consumer when they come in. They're like, you ever go to those restaurants like Mexican, Italian, Thai? And you're like, and they're what? all of it. Oh, it's yeah, like, you're a like, what are you? Like, and they're like, pages in. Like, I'm like, fresh no, octopus, <laughs> fresh <laughs> Angus beef. You're like, yeah. what really is this stuff fresh? Because yeah. you have so much here. Yeah. Those, those restaurants don't do well yeah. for the most part because they're offering too much. So to go back to niching, mm-hmm. it's you, you find that ideal customer, people you really want to serve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then just make sure that your product or your service offering is very minimal. I have two things that I offer and I've been asked to do so many other things. Yeah. I even thought about it getting ready today. It's like, hey, maybe I should start a group, a mastermind for teach people how to do PR. Then I'm like, nope, nope. busy work. That's just noise right, right now. I'm really good at what I'm doing. Yeah. And just go deep on those things and be the go-to person in your industry for that. Mm-hmm. So when I work with people... We look at their programs, their service offerings, and I'll just say, nope, nope, yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Like you got to offer just a handful of things max, like Mm -hmm. one, two, right? Yeah. Um, Do you guys know of Steam Whistle Brewery in Toronto? Their slogan used to be do one thing really well because they made one kind of beer. Right. I think they've changed. However, back in the the day, it was just one. It was like a Mm -hmm. Pilsner. And they'd see the bottle. Yeah. Yeah. And the... The carry bag was like a toolbox, mm-hmm. uh, whatever it was. Um, and I think about that all the time because they justified just doing one thing and it was a good beer. Mm-hmm. And they were just kind of starting out and they're getting attraction. I mean, the beverage industry, alcohol industry is so hard, cutthroat, but they figured it out. And now, now they're able to offer different products. So mm-hmm. we want to do everything and we want to be everything for everyone. It's yeah. just an excuse to not do really good at yeah. one thing. Yeah. It's funny because like I also have a skincare line and we're just going through rebranding right now mm-hmm. because we've offered way too many options. And I know, you know, you're, you're, you know, you have like a set of things you want, your cleansers, you know, your sprays, your mm-hmm. creams, your everything. It's just too much for the, I have a partner for us to do. And we've really had to sit down and say, okay, what are our number one sellers? We're just going to focus on that and, and bring all that like a niche really right. because we were you know skincare for all skin t- like no we're not anymore <laughs> <laughs> no we're not <laughs> so we are in that process of um rebranding and really niching down and yeah. and figuring out who our clients mm-hmm. really are and what they want and what they want see i think steve jobs cool. is the one that yeah. says build a product your customers need not what they want yeah so you have the power to create what they need Mm. and the customer will say, I want this exfoliator and this lip scrub and this cleanser. And then you're like, oh, great idea. Let's go build it. Yeah. When it was one customer that wanted Mm -hmm. that and nobody else does. I used to work with an ointment company from the East Coast and she had, she she found out that her ideal customer was postpartum moms because she had really good nipple creams and Mm -hmm. all this stuff. And, And I used to use her product, loved it. Yeah. But she extended the line to like, beard oils and shaving thing is totally not. not mm-hmm. And she's like, why isn't this selling? I go, because people don't know that's what you do. And you should just hone in on this postpartum stuff and yeah. just be the thing. And then then as soon as you lower your skews, then mm-hmm. your revenue goes up, your profits go up because you right. have less stuff flying around. Yeah, 
Even if you're a service business, it's the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just do one or two things really, really well. Mm-hmm. And then it helps niching, it helps with messaging, yeah. helps with PR so much. Yeah. I Sometimes I find it very difficult to work with people that want to do this and that and this mm-hmm. and that. And they're like, help me with this and then help me. With-. No. Right. Yeah. It's hard. It's impossible. Yeah. You need yeah. like a whole marketing department mm-hmm. to help. Not one person. <laughs> like one person. Different product lines. Yeah. 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 No, but it's true. Like we're, we're working through, we've never done that before because this, you know, I started it in Taiwan when we lived overseas mm. and it was just like a passion project and then it kind of spiraled into something bigger. But now it's, you know, with COVID hitting, we kind of took a step back. Um, you know, we moved to Kelowna. There was just a lot uh, going on. So things got kind of put on the uh, back burner, but now it's, okay, let's re- reinvent ourselves and let's, you know, do those two, three things mm-hmm. right, you know, and actually hire somebody who knows what they're doing and how to help us out. Because like you said before, hiring the right type of people mm-hmm. around you will, well, yeah, it'll cost at the beginning, but it will elevate and, you know, push you forward so much faster than if you're trying to be everything in your business, the accountant, the, you know, product, the label designer, the market, like you can't do it. Like you just cannot do it. So yeah. yeah, Yeah. Delegation delegation is something that I'm learning because well, as a woman, Darren Martell's yeah, page, my back you know, strong, independent woman must do everything by myself. No. Does not work anymore. No. Maybe no. it worked. The strong, independent moment woman yeah. must delegate everything yeah, by herself. Yeah, but that's not what society society thinks yeah, you can do. I know. So that's why we're hiring people now. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> well, yeah. I, so we have a full time house manager, and mm-hmm. we've had this person in our lives since 2019. Yeah. Um, and the woman that we have working with us now, Betty, is amazing. She's been with us for two and a half years. And it is sometimes very difficult to have this conversation with people like, oh, you have a full-time house manager. Must be nice. I go, it is very nice. <laughs> yeah. You're it like, is it is awesome. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's great. And there's part of me that's like, I can't have this conversation with people because it sounds pretentious. Mm. However, the life that we've been able to build as a family Mm -hmm. because of that person who's so key, foundational to our happiness, Mm -hmm. um, is something I could have never possibly fathomed. Mm -hmm. The only other option, because my husband is super busy and super successful with his business, was for me to not do what I'm passionate about. And that's really what it came down to. And society would have said, but his business is more successful. So shouldn't you just be supporting him? Yeah. No. I'm glad you didn't say that. No. Yeah. And from I think that's why he fell in love with me because right. I don't want to be that. That's not yeah. who I am. And there's no shame in that mm-hmm. person that has that role. That's not me. Mm-mm. I have something different to offer and also have two boys and I'm a feminist. So I'm like, I want these kids to see what a woman can do yeah. because they're living with me every single day. And Betty, the house manager, she's from Czech mm-hmm. and she those European women are dead. And I'm like, wow. You're like, oh, Betty. Yeah. Yeah. She's like disciplining my kids. And I'm like, yes, (laughs) do it. Go, go, go. Betty. (laughs) Go, Betty. Um, But, you know, going back to delegation, I don't, like, we don't mow our lawn. We don't service our hot tub. Mm -hmm. Don't change the light bulbs. If it has to happen and I'm there and Mm -hmm. I'm the person needs, sure, I'll do it. I know how to do it. But in your business, you think about that too. 
this is the first company I've had that I actually hired an assistant. The mm-hmm. first time is because I read my husband's book. Weird. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <I know. laughs> and whoa, game changer. Yeah. Total game changer. And like you find the right person there so much better than you anticipate. Most mm-hmm. of the time this happens. Like going back to Betty is I'll be like voxing her. Hey, Betty, can you do this and this? You know, no rush yeah. or some things are urgent. Hey, urgent matter. And guess what? It gets done. Mm-hmm. I don't even have to worry about it. Yeah. You create your systems. You create your onboarding, your processes. Like Morgan, my my VA in my business, she's helped me get to this revenue level. If it wasn't mm-hmm. for her, I wouldn't be able to. Yeah. Right. At all. Like even today, we did our, we do three weeks uh, meetings a week. This morning, we went through like all of our clients and then we always um, list ourselves as a client too. Yeah. She's like, oh, you need to make a reel for this thing. I go, oh my, I don't have any... Like I had to drop the boys off, went home, made a reel, and then it came here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I go, oh, wow. Okay, we were supposed to be ahead of the game in this, but we forgot about this thing. And I go, while I bring the boys to school, can you just come up with a trending audio in, in reels and I'll figure out what to do for this mm-hmm. thing. And she did. Yeah. And she's like, hey, you should talk about this. And then it took me 20 minutes to make. Mm-hmm. It's like, boom. Wow. Yeah. So when you get those right people in your mm-hmm. life, it allows you to do things that you're really good at and yeah. passionate mm-hmm. about. Yeah, you that focus on your strengths. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I have a house manager too. It's yes. called my mom. <laughs> she lives with us. And I, I do love having her there because it does make my life a lot easier because my husband works out of town right now. Mm-hmm. He's in Lower Mainland Monday to Friday. He works six days a week. So even when he comes home on Friday, he still has to work Saturdays. So mm-hmm. it's been two and a half years going on. And thank God the project is almost done this, because now it, it, it's so yeah so we also went through a transition and the communication there was a breakdown in communication there was a breakdown um you know within the family unit mm-hmm. at some point because it's like we can't do this anymore and that's when the drive for our dream came into the forefront mm-hmm. yeah and it's like okay we must do this it's now or never this is the timing this is not the lifestyle we want to continue with I don't want him gone. Kids don't want him gone. He doesn't want to be gone. So it's like, okay, now we have to pivot and shift Mm -hmm. so that when we choose to travel for, you know, engagements that we're we're doing, or if he's going into and doing workshops with a company for three, four days, it's not two and a half years. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, that sounds reasonable. Right. But it it took this and the breakdown for us to actually light a fire under our asses really well and that's the thing think about anybody's journey in like personal development growth or people like hey they lost 50 pounds last year there's always something that was like a build-up and then it was something that was like i just brought it all down i gotta change my life yeah and you notice that in your relationship i notice that with with my husband as well Mm -hmm. it's like we need to we both want to do these things but how do we raise a family yeah and get a dog and travel and do all these things and we needed to have a Betty. Yeah. And Betty's helped us achieve that. But mm-hmm. it's really identifying that breaking point. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. choosing that to be a gift. Yes. As opposed to an omen. Like, mm-hmm. oh, something has to change here. Yeah, right. What is it? Mm-hmm. And the people that recognize that, 99% of the time, what comes out of it is something so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's like you kind of needed to hit that rock bottom yeah. to make that decision to change. Yeah. yeah. And maybe that's to listeners that are in a career they hate. Mm-hmm. Or if it's people that are, there's something wrong within their business and they got to fix it, just mm-hmm. go and make that decision to make the change. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah, it is so important. It is so important to not, like Brene Brown says, don't sit on the sideline, play in the court. Mm-hmm. Right. Get yeah. on the court and do something. Right. And it is, it's, um, we were at that um, CF. Yeah, the CFA thing. Yeah. With um, Arlene. Arlene. And, and she said something quite profound. Now it's escaping me because I was thinking about. Brene. Brene. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Um, but it, Oh, she said something about like, um, don't wait to hit rock bottom. Mm. You can choose Mm. to make those changes now. And the transition is much smoother than when you're, you know, struggling to put food on the table. Because she said she came from nothing. Yeah, she did. Right. So we always wait for these like hard moments where things hit rock bottom to make those life changes. But she's like, take the steps get onto mm-hmm. the court and play the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because taking the steps, oh, I, I had it written down. I had five pages of notes. <laughs> um, it, it was, it had something to do with like uh, taking the steps gets you that much closer to your goal than not taking a step at all. Yeah, that's true. Oh yeah. Oh, boom. That is so the, the action, <laughs> taking any action. Yeah. yeah. The people that stand on the sidelines mm-hmm. and they want to be on the court. Yeah. Are the victims. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know those people are like, oh my gosh, that's not true, Renee. I said, yeah, they're, they want to be on the court and they're, mm-hmm. they're on the sidelines, not as an observer, but they want to be on the court. Yeah. Is they have a v- victim mentality mm-hmm. and they think things happen to them, not for them. Yeah. Right. Tony Robbins says that. Mm-hmm. And the person who's not the victim is the one that's like, oh, I suck at this, but I'm still going to give it a go. Yeah. yeah. Because I was in a podcast recording a couple of days ago and the host recognized something in my, career journey that I didn't even notice. Mm. When I started that restaurant, I had no formal experience mm-hmm. having a restaurant, working in the industry, yeah. let alone having a job. Wow. When I started the PR agency, guess what? I didn't know how to do yeah. PR. I still did it and we figured it out. So we always think we have to be ready to start something, have mm-hmm. the, all the letters after our name, have all this experience, 10,000 hours. That's not true. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what... Um, um, Arlene, Arlene said, said yeah. right? It's like, you're always, there are people that are so smart with all those letters behind their names and they don't do anything no. with it. You know, they're yeah. kind of... Or they wait stuck. for the accolades to be like, oh, and now I'm... Now it's ready. Now you're I should never be going to be yeah. ready. Yeah. Yeah. It's like having babies. It's, you're yeah, never, you're ready. never ready. You they just, just do come it. and you're like, oh shit, sometimes that happens. And you're like, where's the manual? Where's the manual? Where's the message that says you have an hour nap to finish something? Yeah. The best is like when you bring your first child or both child home from the hospital or wherever you had your baby and you kind of like, now look at them. You're like... yeah. Am I supposed to hold it? Yeah. yeah. Touch it? What do I do? <laughs> what do I yeah. do? Um, same with business. Yeah. Same with life. It's like you're getting married for the first time. You have this like honeymoon bliss and yeah. now you're married. And guess what? Nothing changes. Yeah. <laughs> you wake up the next day and you're the same two people. Right. Yeah. Um, it just means you're more, should be more committed to each other. Yeah. <laughs> just means there's now a contract. There yeah. is a, yeah, it's a very expensive piece of paper that yeah. was signed. That yeah. was signed, yeah. And a big party. Yeah. 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 Hopefully uh-huh. a big party. Yeah. No, it, it is going back to the baby thing you know people always ask me how did you do I don't understand how you did it with twins it's like I, I had no choice. choice yeah <laughs> and you just do it you figure it out because n- no kids come with a manual Mm-mm. twins don't come with a manual and when they're off the sleeping schedule I have a 24-hour baby and I'm not sleeping <laughs> yeah so I had to be regimented like you know people yeah, are like yeah. oh my gosh 
you know, totally. What is happening? Well, I'm like, I'm always on time. Why are you on time? <laughs> because I'm on a schedule. <laughs> and I have such an intense schedule. schedule. <laughs> well, when we had Noah, our second, people are like, why did you do that? I'm like, well, <laughs> first of all, this was not by design yeah. because I don't know any woman that would sign up to be pregnant three months after having their first child. Right. It happened. And what a blessing it was. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But wow. Yeah. That was <laughs> crazy. I don't even remember the first two years. Right. You're yeah. in a fog. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I would need to be hypnotized yeah. to actually recall those days. Right. I do remember it was just weird. Yeah. And there were moments, I, I just, to one instance, it was my duty to drop the boys off at daycare mm-hmm. and my husband was to pick them up. And my sister-in-law ran this daycare. So she took the boys when they were both younger than what their terms were for having mm-hmm. a child there. And they started taking Noah when he was five weeks old. Mm-hmm. And I know that's very young. I needed to get back to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had dropped Max and Noah off, get in the car and I drive to the office and I'm sitting there parking. And I was like, oh man, I forgot something. And I thought maybe I forgot my laptop. I get out of the car, I lock it. And I'm like, you know, I feel like there's something in the car. I forgot to bring Noah into daycare. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And it was like this yeah. time of year, so it's not too hot, too cold, but yeah. still. Yeah. yeah. I was like, wow. So I turned around, I went back, and they're like, yeah, we we're going to call you. We thought maybe Noah was homesick. Yeah. And I was like, I literally just forgot him in my car. I'm yeah. not going to deny this. Yeah. I am not a horrible mom. Yeah. Society would immediately be like, well, Renee, how dare you? Yeah. Yeah. No. It's like, it's just, it happens. Yeah. It totally happens. And with kids and babies, wow. I mean, they're 10 and 11 now mm-hmm. and it still happens. I don't forget yeah. them places, but it's like, whew. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot. There it's is, a yeah, lot. When you have a lot on the go. I remember I wanted to be super mom. I was going to do it all by myself. My husband was telling me we need a nanny. Like we, because, you know, he traveled a lot and he worked um, longer hours And I'm like, no, no, I got this. And I was running two other businesses and, you know, we don't get maternity leave as business owners. So you're trying to figure, you know, everything out as it's happening. And yeah, I had major burnout. Uh, I like crashed and burned bad. And then I'm like, oh yes, maybe we should get that nanny. (laughs) So when the kids were 14 months old, we finally, but it took me 14 months Wow. to, you know, and yeah, it was, it was definitely a learning experience. And I think that taught me that I can still be super woman, super mom, super wife, super business owner, and still ask for help because I find women, overall women, uh, there's this thing in society. I was talking to somebody and, and she's like, well, I don't want to ask for help because it's like my own thing. What will people say if I ask for help, for help? Right. And I'm like, no, what they'll say is, yeah, we'll help you. Like, what do you need? But that's right? like the, and the ultimate, ultimate thank God other people need help. Yeah. yeah. When somebody asks you for help, oh, yeah. that's the ultimate compliment. Yeah. Most people are willing to step up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'll do that. Yeah. Because it shows that they have faith in you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going to mention something about this too, but carry on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So, so, you know, that life lesson for me is that's when I first, first time ever was like, no, I need to hire out people and ask for help mm-hmm. because I am not a, you know, subject matter expert in everything that I do in my businesses. And I don't want to be. 
I want to be able to focus on my strengths and then hire out the strengths of totally. others. Totally. Yeah. I remembered what I was going to say. Okay. okay. Is societal expectations, mm-hmm. right? The ultimate flex for women used to be like, I can run businesses and have a great marriage and raise my kids. And we don't care about that woman's mental or physical health as long as she's doing it all for everybody else. Yeah. And I say to the women who think that doing it all is like the flex, it's not anymore. Mm-hmm. The ultimate flex, show me your sleep score. Yeah. At the end of the day, how well did you sleep last night? Mm-hmm. Are you doing things for you? Not because you feel like you have to do things for yourself because mm-hmm. it's like, hey, we need to take care of ourselves because you want to. Yeah. That so a woman who has good sleep, health, nutrition, all that stuff becomes a better mother mm-hmm. by nature because you're increasing dopamine and serotonin mm-hmm. and all these happy drugs in your brain. So you're not angry. Yeah. And you're not making these mistakes. And so the real, the conversation should really be around how can women just put themselves first Mm -hmm. to the point where this isn't even a conversation anymore because it's happening. Yeah. Right. Like women are, I'm going to go and work out, honey, you're home with the kids. Yeah. You're Mm -hmm. not going to the gym tonight because it's my turn. Yeah. And put the foot down. Yeah. Right. I like that. Well, I mean, that's actually a great transition too, because Ryan gave us a five minute or we usually do some rapid questions. Like what are some things that you do to sort of set that boundary to be like, here's the things I do for myself. And how do you communicate that as a household? I just say, I mean, how do you guys discuss like, oh, you know, these are the things that are important to me. These oh, yeah. are, yeah. Like, yeah. So before we got married, there was one thing that was so important to me because I believe this is the foundation for a very happy family life was to have dinners together. Mm -hmm. And that was so hard for my husband. It wasn't a concept he was used to growing up. So when him and I first started dating, you know, I was like, oh, we're living together. And I was home and it was five o'clock and I was cooking dinner. And I called him like, hey, when are you home? He's like, oh, probably not till like eight or nine. I'm going out for dinner with friends. I go, okay, sorry. My value is this is a priority Mm -hmm. and you can do your dinner, but maybe just consult with me first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he didn't get it. And he finally did. And then we do this with the kids mm-hmm. and it allows us to like ask all the questions about school and all the stuff going on. Yeah. But also with my husband and I, we each have one night of the week off. So Mondays are my night off. Mm-hmm. So from 5 p.m. onwards, I'm like, I'm out of here. Yeah, I nice. can do whatever I want. His is Tuesdays. Now he's traveling. And so I have to do it tonight. It's mm-hmm. fine. But you just like make a mark of like, hey, right. I didn't have this time off. And I've been with the boys full time now since Wednesday. Yeah. Because he's traveling. But we have those evenings. And the one part of the day that's most frustrating to me is actually the nighttime routine. Mm. Putting the kids to bed. And I said, Dan, is this something that you can just own? Because, yeah. and I don't even want to be like, hey, whose night is it tonight? It's like, it's your night every night mm-hmm. unless you travel. He's like, Sure. I got them in the morning. I love having them in the morning. Mm-hmm. I love making them breakfast, hanging out with them, driving them to school. He doesn't want to do that. Right. Yeah. So like, this is perfect. So now we've created this plan. But the other thing that's worked for us too, is we've established roles in the household. He's the CFO and I'm the CEO. Nice. And so he takes care of the finances, but I know everything that's going on and yeah. vice versa. So when we have our weekly meeting, Dan and I meet every week for 30 minutes, we have a list of things we talk about mm-hmm. and it just, we go through the agenda. Um, if there's ever time and he'll notice like, oh, you haven't been to CrossFit for a while. I sense you're yeah. more grouchy than normal. Like, yeah. you're right. He's like, then get back in the gym. Well, how can I support you? Yeah. Because we're a team. Mm-hmm. We're a team. And he never once expected me to do it all. Yeah. When he saw how much I did, he he appreciated it. Then he realized that's when we needed to get a Betty. Because mm-hmm. he couldn't do 
the other half. And he's like, well, how can I help you in this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's when we found her. Um, I feel like there's just, there's a lot of women that just don't even know this is an option. Mm-hmm. And the ones that do is don't ask. Yeah. Right. They're For just sure. like, hey, I need time off or I yeah. don't want to put the hands to bed anymore. Mm-hmm. Can you please do it? Yeah. And like being able to ask that and say, this is how I feel. That's huge. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. What do you find with your kids' current stage that they're at is the most challenging thing for you right now in, in terms of parenting? Ugh, screen time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair. It's like I ask them because they still have like they're 10, 11. It's at that age where they're going to stop playing with their toys. Mm-hmm. They have toys. And sometimes they'll kind of go and rubbage in their Legos and stuff. But all of their friends have phones and they're always playing video games. And it's like, what can we do to mm-hmm. get them away? So for me, it's the screen time addiction. Mm. And they still like call their friends and they have friends that live all over the world. So yeah. mm-hmm. they kind of have to. Um, that is the hardest part right now. It's, yeah. Oh, for sure. That's mm-hmm. hard. Okay. And what do you find the most joyous part of parenting for you or right now? Or Still yeah. their giggles. Yeah. Their giggles when they just get those belly laughs. Yeah. And I just love looking at their little hands. Mm-hmm. Just like moving. <laughs> I don't know what it is. The kids' hands are so cute. Their mm-hmm. little fingers grabbing things. They're still little, especially my youngest. He's like petite. Right. And they just say funny things. Like they love terrible dad jokes. And I'm like, how simple is life that we can all giggle Mm -hmm. about these things? And like, that's why I love my morning drives with them. We have a playlist. We play the exact same playlist every day on the way to school. (laughs) We sing out loud and we tell jokes. And I mean, if you're driving your car, the Hey Siri is like, yeah. tell me a knock, knock joke or oh, tell yeah. me a dad joke. Yeah. <laughs> so or, Hey Siri, rocks for me. Oh my God. Yeah. Your kids They're not that. allowed to be DJs in our lo- on the long trips because it's all fart noises <laughs> and like silly stuff. We're like, where do you get this stuff? But it's funny, right? It is. It is it's there. simple things. It's cute. Though. Yeah. yeah so I love. Cute. Yeah. Oh, right. and where can people find you before yeah. we say bye? But yeah. yeah. They can go to wewildwomen.com. Mm-hmm. And I'm on Instagram at Renee underscore Warren. Okay, amazing. Well, thank you for coming in. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom. And yeah, till next time. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Now we want to hear from you. And don't forget to follow us at Let's Not Sugarcoat It Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time. Bye. Bye.